Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thanks for coming back. I am so excited that you're here. So this is Muslims in the Dunya. This podcast is all about you feel uncomfortable with being wherever you are in your faith and knowing that you can always reach a new level. Um, you don't have to be perfect in order to come to a law because he loves every little part of you. And the best Muslim is not the perfect Muslim. The best Muslim is the striving Muslim. My name is Mo Quick. Hey, and I have my baby girl, Caitlin, with me. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. And she's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny story about Caitlin, I actually met her when I was at the masjid. We were at Atlanta Masjid, and she came, and I don't know, I think, so every time we're about to pray, right, we have to close in the gaps. And most times, if you're sitting on this row, you move to the front, wherever you see a gap, you fill it. Somehow, I filled the gap right next to her. After we were done praying, I looked to my right. What was it, my left? I looked to my left and I was like, Assalamu alaikum. It's just something that I do when I'm done praying. And she was like, Well, alaikum assalam. I follow you on Instagram, girl. And I said, Oh, do you? What's your name on social? And then boom, boom, boom. Like, for real, been besties ever since. Like, you're so amazing. Thank you. You, you know, the, the crazy part is you didn't even take your shahada. Like, you didn't even, you weren't officially a Muslim at that moment. Right. But you were at Juma and you were praying and you were covered. Right. I was like, look at this journey. Mm -hmm. And you just took your shahada a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, actually, I took it in January. Has it been that long? Time flying, right? You're kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel brand new? I feel like I've been here. But like I feel like it was just like overdue. Like rather than it being like brand new, it was like it was like, okay, like we here, we been here, like what we doing? Like you know how like you in a relationship and it's like okay, like we talking for Friend. a long time, like what Friend. we doing now? Like I feel like that's how it was for me. Like wow, like we've been going together, but we just ain't make the fish. We we done with that analogy. <laughs> we gonna move on. <laughs> So I wanted to share like my vulnerable story with you as mm -hmm. it pertains to one, me being a Muslim all my life, mm -hmm. and then two, me finding Allah again in my adult age. Most times when we are in our religion, we're in our religion because that's the religion of our parents. That's what was given to us as a child. So my whole life, I'm praying because my dad told me to. I'm um, learning Arabic because my mom told me to, but I never took that journey on my own. I never read the books to try to figure it out and understand on my own. And that journey to Islam, back to Islam, was a little crazy. I actually retook my Shahada last year in April. Mm, mashallah. I felt like I, I want to start over. You know, it, maybe for those who don't know, when you take your Shahada, it's like you're a brand new baby. It's like you have no sins. Everything is washed, starting new. But the best thing about retaking your Shahada is... The good things that you did, they stay. But it's the bad things that you did that's wiped away because you are resubmitting. Mm -hmm. It's like you are giving yourself to Allah all over again. And it was, it was such a journey for me because we're in Atlanta. You know, we're black women in Atlanta, single, young. Well, actually, I, I was married at the time. Mm -hmm. But even still, I'm in the industry, so people still coming at my neck at all times. Alcohol is there. Drugs are there. The music, the party, the life, everything is still right at my fingertips. So for me to crawl back to God and let him know everything that I've been doing up until now, I know I've consciously made the decision. But to me, it felt like the decision was made for me because it's just all over the place. It's like, dang, how you have that much self-restraint? How you say no 
that many times. But I found him again, and it literally changed my life. It was during Ramadan, and I cried. The women around me cried, and I felt like when you took your shot, a baby right? all over again. Yeah, and I got to see you take yours. Yeah. I felt like I was, like, ready to cry. Like, I cried during the cookbook, like, because I just felt like Allah was like, now, like, what are you waiting for? But then, like, when the women came and, like, hugged me and embraced me afterwards, yes. that's when I was like, why am I crying right now? But, like, I couldn't <laughs> stop crying. But it was just, like, such an embraceful moment. Like, I just felt like the community just embraced me, like, so heavily, and it was just like the support that I got immediately, them not even knowing me. Like, they mm. didn't know me from nowhere, but mm. it was like everybody just came in hugging me and like, oh, alhamdulillah, like, here's my number, here's my name, if you ever need anything, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just a super extension of love and just compassion and just like wanting to help me, mm. wanting to be there. It was just like super welcoming and like so... <sighs> Overwhelming. Man, it was, man, what? It was like <laughs> overwhelmingly beautiful though. Like it was just so much love. Like I appreciated it so much. Girl, when I was looking at you, I was like, look at this baby right here. You look, you were there, but you weren't there. It Girl, was my like... teeth was about to pop out of my face. I was smiling so hard. <laughs> you had Literally. a big old smile. Girl, on your my face. face was shaking. Like <laughs> I was so happy. Like I was so happy. And you're and you're young. How, how old are you? I'm 25. I actually turned 26 next week. <laughs> Come on, sister. <laughs> it's like you're young going through this journey, doing something that no one's making you do. You don't have to do. Living in an age where the Gen Z population is lost as hell. Mm -hmm. How did you find a law? Well, I ain't Gen Z, so... Slightly. Uh, you like rocking it because you're not all the way millennial at 25. Yeah, but I'm not... I've never felt like I was a part of my generation. Oh, you don't want to be a part of it. No, oh, I, I am not. It. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'll drink my tea. Yeah, I am not. <laughs> but, like, literally, like, I've always kind of felt like, you know, like, even being a part of my generation, like, I always felt apart from my generation. Mm. Like, I always felt like I was further in my years than what I really am. Mm. So, for me, it was never like, oh, like, man, it's just all these things in the world that just excite me. Like, I didn't have a mom who was, like, super strict. Mm. Like, so she wasn't like, oh, you need to be home at this time. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't do that. I did everything I wanted to when I was, like, young. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? So, like, when it came to the time of me being able to, like, go to the clubs, mm. drink. You said you I know, did that already. It was no excitement. <laughs> like, it was none at all. Like, mm. I wasn't, like... Oh, I'm 21. I'm finally hopping off the porch. I moved out of my mom's house after high school. I haven't lived with my mom since. Yeah. So I've been hopping off the porch, like mm. been out in the world, mm. been having access to everything. So it's like a lot of that stuff doesn't feed my soul. So it wow. was like when it was time to where it was like so overwhelming, like everything is just too accessible. Like I don't want to be as accessible as all of this stuff is Girl, around me. Like you better speak. You no, know, seriously. And it was just like, okay, like we're going to the club again. Like, all right, I'm gonna go. Cause you know, gang going, we turned up. Like, mm. but now I'm in the club and I'm like, okay, when we going home? Mm. Like, you know, like I'm over this. Like it's tiring on the body, it's tiring on the like soul. And mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not one of those people. Like, you know, a lot of people can just like blend in with the crowd. I've never been that girl. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody always wants something from me. Like, my energy is just like what it is. So it's like, people want to hang around me. People want to do this. So it's like, I'm like emotionally, spiritually, and physically drained. Like, I wanted to find my peace. I wanted to find like my place where I could just sit and settle and be like, 
Ooh, like I ain't even worried about having to please this person or having to like entertain this person or having to do that because I know with God, they don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, with God, like, okay, the people who want to sit with me with God, yeah, y'all can come kick it with me. But when you come kick it with me, know that I'm going to bring up God. Like, Okay, and I'm, don't be that person. Oh, she's so lame, bringing up God all yeah, the time. Yeah, and if that's how you feel, goodbye. Like, I don't feel <laughs> no type of way about it. You know, still bless you. But how you, did like, you find a lot? Who brought you to this religion particularly? So, I have a few cousins in Baltimore who are Muslim. So, like, I've always kind of, like, kind of, sort of not really been around Islam because, like, they never really prayed or anything like that around me. But, you know, of course, I'm seeing, like, Kufis, hijabs, you know, women covering and stuff like that. But I actually have my other half. He is Muslim. And I have a few friends that are Muslim. Like, my best friend, she's Muslim. And actually, one of my close friends who I went to cosmetology school with, she started dating a guy or, you know, courting with a guy who was Muslim. So her and I kind of was, like, together, like, girl, I'm, like, reading about it. You reading about it? How did y'all find out both of y'all was... Because he's African. Don't do that. No, I'm saying, She didn't mean like that. No. I love the African community, and I love all and we just going to assume they uh, Muslim. No. You know, I knew he was Muslim. Like, How? Because he's he's strong in his faith. and I mean, he's strong in his culture and his faith, and his whole family covered. Oh. I know you his family? No. You know, you see pictures and stuff of people with their family and stuff like uh-huh. that. And, you know, I just knew. And she told me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, like, you and your other half, he Muslim, mine, he Muslim, like... You gonna go to you gonna go to Juma? You think you gonna cover up? You think you gonna be Muslim? Mm-hmm. And we like, Mm-mm, girl, I don't see it. Like wow. I don't see it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like years later, girl, we both done took our shahada. Oh, we did both, she take her shahada? Yes. Oh. Yes, but it was just like, I think also like just being around my person, and he wasn't like so into his dean like mm-hmm. how I knew he could be. It piqued my interest to make me want to learn more mm-hmm. because I'm like, how am I gonna be dealing with this person? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, figuring out whether or not we really going to deal with each other. And I'm, like, sitting here watching church on live during quarantine. And he, like, watching it. But, like, he still got his reserves. Like, he just trying to see what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I can't see what you're seeing because you ain't even on nothing. Like, you know, like, you made a prayer in front of me a handful of times. And it's like, now I feel like I want to encourage you more because you encouraging me, like... Wow. You know you got to go sing at church. You know, like, trying to be funny. But it was like... But at like, the same time, he know what you have to do, but you, feel, you don't know what he have to do. You know? Exactly. So it was like, let me do my research and figure out what it is so I can, like, crack a joke back. But it wasn't wow. even, like, for me to crack a joke back. It was for me to really be like, okay, like, you see I'm going to church and singing in the choir. I ain't finna miss a Bible study. Like, why you missing what you supposed to be at? Like, mm-hmm. and of course, I don't know. So it was like me educating myself. But within me educating myself and bringing it up to him, it sparked that conversation to grow between the two of us. Mm -hmm. So once that conversation started growing between the two of us, it's like, okay, well, let me show you how to pray. So now he's showing me how to pray. And it's like, okay, well, you ever read this in the Quran? Like, you know, he trying to articulate certain Arabic things to me and I'm trying to say it back and I'm like struggling and we like laughing about it, but like really working on it, you know? Oh my gosh, that's adorable. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, that's like a little love story. Yeah, not right. A Muslim love story. Oh, inshallah. (laughs) (laughs) But within that same time period, my best friend, she 
was born Muslim as well. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, you know, it was something for her and I to talk about. And she like showing me things when I went to Somali town. I done got my hijab, my abaya. I'm sending him pictures. You know what I'm saying? I'm sending him pictures like, you see me covered? And it's like, he cracking just like you like a ninja. And I'm like, boy. Let me sip this tea. Girl, I'm going to sip it too. No, he did not. He is hilarious. So, you know, sometimes I always hear people say, it doesn't really matter what brought you to the religion as long as something brought you. Sometimes, even when people are in jail, right, and you are now turning Muslim in order to have other people to help you Safety. defend the evils mm-hmm. in jail, but you are forced to now learn about it and read about it, and now mm-hmm. you're actually taking your shahada because you want to. So maybe you didn't join at first because you really want but now that you are in it, it's like, I don't care what brought you here. I'm just so happy that you have finally been able to find something that brings fulfillment to your soul. Because as you were saying, like, sure, we go through these different things in life, but the club's not going to make you feel full. Mm. You know, this person that you're dating, they can't make you feel full. Even your own self Mm. can't make you feel full. Yeah. Your purpose here on life. Um, A lot of people assume that their purpose has to be wrapped around um, something that they want to do. Um, my purpose in life is to build a health organization to feed kids. That's beautiful, even though that doesn't make sense. But I mean, that's beautiful. But imagine if you lose that organization. Does that mean that you don't have a purpose? Because if your purpose isn't attached to something eternal, then your purpose can be taken away from you. So until we really understand our true purpose, which is you're only here to do the right thing, and make it to the right place on the other side of life. You're not going to be fulfilled in nothing that you do. So when you started to transition, how did your life change before Islam and now after Islam? Oh, peace. Ooh, what a great word. (laughs) I have found so much peace in my progress, in my process. Like, it's just been the most peaceful, like... Mm. Truthfully, like, I used to be rowdy. Okay, because you said you was an angel early. Yeah, I am. I had to do like this. I am an angel, (laughs) and I'm going to stand on that. I am. But I was one of those angels who still had that side, like, Mm -hmm. just let me have them, God. Let me have them. (laughs) That's me, like, truthfully. But it's like, you know, now it's like, you know, you just, just like how you said, like, stuff on this earth is, like, only stuff on this earth. Like, so I feel like I can't get upset or like feel a type of way or let something that's not eternal move my spirit or move my soul. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and I feel like when you're getting rowdy, that's somebody tampering with your spirit. Your energy like, is literally, you know, and I'm like, you know, like that person don't know no better. That mm-hmm. person doesn't feel what I feel on the inside. So all I can do is pray for them. Mm-hmm. Like, you got it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Like, I know you're upset. I would be too if I didn't have this peace that I have. I used to be. I used to be in that position. So I get it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like having the peace that I have now is like I trade it 10 times over again for anything that I had before, anything that I have right now. Like me being at this peaceful place and just being able to just sit and just be and be still. Like, if I lost everything right now, tonight, I wouldn't even be mad because I feel like I'm so content with the decisions of Allah. Like, I know that whatever he got coming for me next is going to be better than anything I have right now, anything that I had before, whatever. Like, I walk with Allah. Like, Mm -hmm. Allah chose me for this specific reason. Like, that is so beautiful. So being a Muslim, what does it mean to you? 
<sighs> being a Muslim to me just means being your most vulnerable to Allah. Like, committing yourself to something that's greater than you and everything that's around you. Like, being able to be around the things that used to, like, be your reason to get up out of bed or be your reason to, like, go so hard and be like, oh. You need some tissue? Because I don't have, and you can't uh -uh. be dripping your No, nah, not at all. Because you're uh -uh. making me emotional. No. So I need some tissue. <laughs> <laughs> no, just being a Muslim to me is just, it's, I'm just going to say it's just being vulnerable, like in a nutshell, just being vulnerable to things that aren't normal for every other person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we just in such a world that's like, oh, I'm going to put everything on front street. I'm going to put everything like out there for everybody. But instead of being vulnerable in the sense of like, I'm weak to the world, I'm vulnerable in the sense that like, I can stay covered. I can stay in my shell. Like, I'm okay with just being with me. I'm okay with just being with myself. I'm okay with just being with Allah. Like, I'm going to be vulnerable to these voices that used to bother me. I'm going to be vulnerable to the things that I used to try to shut out with liquor or weed or you know what I'm saying? Like, the club music or whatever else is around me. Like, I'm going to be vulnerable to Allah's word. I'm going to be vulnerable to the, the rules and regulations and obligations that I have to Allah and not to myself. Like, I'm going to be vulnerable to what I should do versus what I want to do. Mm. You know, like... Come on, speak. That self-discipline will change your life. Because you can do it if you want to. Yes. But, but it's not easy. Not it's not easy. I would be lying if I sat right here and told you that this whole process has been easy. Because it's not. It's easy to go out downstairs, nothing. actually, and it's get a drink. Nothing. Like, it's very easy to do that. It's very easy to walk out of here and somebody mm. holler at me and I'm going to snatch this a jab off and be like, yeah, what we're about to do? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's easy to do that. Yes. It's not easy to walk around no. and put your gaze down when a man walking by. You see he looking at you. Mm. You you know what I'm saying? It's not easy to just, like, do the things of the world. Like, it's, it's not easy to be covered every day and be fly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it takes time to do these things. But the reward that Allah has for you for doing that... Mm. I would choose that 10 times over. Like, mm. I would prefer that over everything else that's here being offered to me so carelessly. Mm. So, so what's the biggest, the hardest distraction that you face in this worldly world, in this dunya? Mm. My hardest distraction. I would just say, like, I think right now, in this moment, my hardest distraction has just been, like, pulling more away from people who I actually, like, love and love to be around and, like, you know, just because, you know, you hang out with certain people and with certain people, you only hang out in, like, certain settings or, you know, you only see certain people in certain settings. Like, you know, like, we all at a family cookout, everybody drunk but I'm just sitting there, like, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or like, you go out with your one friend and y'all always hang out and we out eating. Okay, we have a good time out eating. Now it's like, okay, what we about to do next? Back you know question, what, I'm saying? what we about to do and next? Like, I'm about to go home. Cause like, you gonna go take me to a lounge, a club, And I'm gonna be in here rapping these songs, talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't even want to hear that stuff no more. And I love music, mm -hmm. like, so, 
stepping away from music as much is like a major thing for me too because mm-hmm. it's like you really listen to the words of a lot of the songs, mm-hmm. R&B, rap, anything. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, what are these people <laughs> talking about? Like, she just said, what? I think the he words just- were WAP. <laughs> Whoa is the response. Whoa. Like, and it's like, you know, just last year, I'm like, yeah, you know, bopping to yes, it. And I'm like, with no shame on social media, them showing the world that I know this. Like, turns up. Like, what she say? Mm. And it's like, why did I just say that? Actually, why did I just like, say this? You wow. know, so it's just wow. stepping away from a certain, because I'm from Atlanta. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, this is our culture. Like, mm-hmm. so stepping away from the culture that I have known and stepping into something that's a little more reserved is like a whole 180. Like, mm-hmm. I think you meant 360, but that's cool. Um, no, I meant 180. So not all the way? No. Why would I come right back to where I started? Oh. Come on, I sis. Catch up. Stay with me. Stay with me now. (laughs) Stay with me. (laughs) I cannot take you. I cannot. I cannot. And speaking of 180, Mm -hmm. you work in the beauty industry nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And here in Atlanta, it's all about the hair. Mm -hmm. And that's the number one thing you had to cover up. Yeah. How was that when you beautifying other women and you cover your own beauty? Yeah. So, you know, I always think about that because... um, you and I spoke about this when I did your hair one time. And then um, Trey and I spoke about this when I did her hair another time. Wow. And then I ended up following a sister on Instagram who does a phenomenal job. And she has a full salon. All of them are covered. So I'm like, if this lady is doing this and she's staying booked like this, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, why would people not come to her? And that just took me back to like a day when there was like social media or not even social media, your work got promoted by word of mouth. Like people didn't even know what you looked like before they went to the salon. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, why would I say that, oh, I can't cover myself up and do other people's hair because they're not going to see my hair so they're not going to believe that I know how to do hair. You didn't even know who you were going to Mm. a few years ago. Mm. And you were just trusting just because you saw somebody else walking down the street. Mm with they fly hair, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, who you went to? And then to think about it too, we in Atlanta where a lot of the girls' professionalism is not there, so they come to work looking a mess anyway. So it's like, if you come into work looking a mess and people trust you doing your hair, why can't I come to work with my hair covered and people trust me to do that Girl, hair? that's hilarious. You know, I had, to th- I had to make it make sense. <laughs> like, I really did. Like, for a minute, I was trying to make it make less sense because I'm like, I gotta show my hair. Like, my hair is long and beautiful and, and I'm trying to it. have the girls see what I did yeah. to my hair. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm trying to be a walking billboard for my business because I did this to my hair. Look at what I did to my hair. I can do it to your hair too. Mm. But I'm like... You ain't gotta do that. Nah, like, and when they feel me and they feel my presence, they trust and believe and when they get that service, they see it. So mm. it's like, I don't have to do too much of like promoting myself. I feel like my energy talks for itself. And it's like, okay, yeah, I beautify you. But even like for the women who do come to me and they cover themselves up afterwards, it's like, okay, when you go home, you're going to take this scarf off and you're still going to feel that same beauty that you felt in this chair. Like, mm-hmm. you're still going to feel the impact that I gave you when you were experiencing my Caitlyn J journey. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just about your hair looking beautiful. It's about your hair looking beautiful, but your soul feeling fed when you leave too. Mm -hmm. Because I speak into all of my clients, like... A lot. Yeah. You speak to us a lot. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah, the whole time. You don't stop. (laughs) First of all, that's a personal experience. (laughs) 
That's a personal experience. I after my, my hair was done. Literally. <laughs> an hour. Girl, we at the club. I'm like, we still here? <laughs> and didn't even think twice about it. Like, truthfully, like, I don't speak to all of my clients in the manner that you and I spoke, but all of my clients definitely do get something from me. Like, you're mm. not going to leave the salon with just, oh, I just got my hair done. That was it. Like, mm. I got my hair done. She was personable. Mm. She spoke into me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, and I want to come back. I can't wait to come back. Mm. Because it's more than just you feeling beautiful on the outside. It's about you feeling beautiful on the inside, too, with me. Like, so, so when it does come, okay, because first of all, you know, I feel like, You've really been turning up this year on your social. You know, you've really been doing more reels, more whatever, whatever, promoting. And, I mean, you've been doing an awesome job. Thank you. But then on the other hand, it's like you're showing off other women's beauty. Do you battle with that? Not at all. Why? Because I'm not showing off anything that I think is inappropriate. You know, like, as far as your hair being exposed, that's kind of the industry that I'm in. So I feel like, you know... As long as I'm not out here, like, reposting my clients, twerking with their bundles down their back, or, you know, like, doing something insane like that, like, I don't feel like it's anything too crazy. Like, and I also feel like if it's with their consent, if they feel fine about it, like, who am I to say, like, no? Because each person has their own journey. Just last year, I was still completely uncovered. You know what I'm saying? But you couldn't tell me that I wasn't, like, on my way to Islam. You couldn't tell me that Allah didn't love me. Like, I feel like each person has their own journey. So it's like, who am I to tell you, oh, I'm going to do your hair, but I'm not going to take any pictures. You need to cover yourself immediately. You need to walk out of here, actually, with a scarf on your head. Like, I'm nobody to say that. You know, so I feel like me doing what I do, that's the blessing that Allah gave me. And as long as, like, this is the way that, until I find a different way to do this, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the way that it's going to be right now. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel that it's inappropriate or wrong because each person has their own path. Mm -hmm. We all striving towards the same destination, which is a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we all want to go to heaven. We all want to go to... You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we all want to get to this same place. So how you get there and your journey in getting there is not my responsibility. All I can do is, you know, do my part in your service and pray over you. I pray for it. All of my clients, you know what mm. I'm saying? Like, however you get there, I just pray that you get there. Because mm. I'm going to be there. Inshallah, I'm going to be I'm there. Like, you better say inshallah. Like, this confidence you is know like... What I'm saying? Like, truthfully, <laughs> I, I feel it in my heart. But I'm nobody to say that I am. Like, we all are unsure. But we all are hoping that it's going to be that. Like, mm. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely want to always give a good translation. When we, wait, when we say inshallah, that is... Please, God, um, I hope you're listening. Please accept this. If you will, God. Um, and, and even moving forward, when you're trying to educate the surrounding that you have on this new person that they see, how do you do that? Oh, I talk to all of my clients about it. Literally, everybody that's and your my family chair, too. Oh yeah, everybody. Everybody gets a lesson. Like I'm li like it's literally all I talk about now. Like all the time. My cousin made a joke the other day. Because um, I was on the phone with her for like an hour. And this is my real cousin, like, who I grew up with. And I showed her my hair. And she was like, oh, she's like, how did you get, like, bundles, like, to match your hair color? And I'm like, girl, that's my real hair. Ooh, she didn't know you been growing your hair? 
She did, but she didn't, you know, I, I wear it in like a natural state. A oh, I hear too. you. You straightened so, it. Yeah. Okay. So she saw it while it was like stretched and straightened. And she mm -hmm. was like, how did you get bundles like to match your hair? I'm like, girl, this is my real hair. She like, what? Girl, I need to start wearing me a jazzy. <laughs> A jazzy. A jazzy? What is a jazzy? Girl, I'm like, a hijab. Like, come on now. Like, but it's just like, it's like... Like the hijab is a magical hair grower. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's exactly how she felt. But it's like, you know, in the beginning, I was like kind of getting offended because I'm like, why y'all not understanding? Like, this is a personal process mm. for me. But it's like, at the same time, it's like... People are ignorant to things Grace. they don't know. So it's like, if I don't share this with them and mm. like help them to understand it in the same way that I have learned and I have learned to understand it, how can I be upset with them? Mm. Like, okay, it's, it's kind of okay for me to be upset for Allah, but like, I shouldn't be upset because you don't know. Yeah. Like, I should just educate you. Like, the you same should. way somebody educated me when I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just been like... Because he wants you to... He is the most gracious. Uh, Allah has 99 names, um, the most beautiful names. One of his names is the most gracious. So mm -hmm. if he's going to be the most gracious, he definitely wants you to just be a little gracious. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, sure, we've, I, you, know, you know my times, I'd be getting upset with everybody. But <laughs> at the same time, I do have to remember you, ignorance is what drives hate. Mm -hmm. And if you're not able to educate and to understand and to have empathy, that's how you build hate. Mm -hmm. And Islam is literally peace. It's literally love. Literally. So you can't do that and do that. You gonna, it'll it's work that way. Yeah. You gotta have it. Mm -hmm. Wow, so what's, what's the biggest, like, um, I don't know, transition that you had to do when going from Muslim or were you a Christian before? Did you consider yourself a Christian? So, I never considered myself a Christian, but I did go to church faithfully. Um, I didn't consider myself a Christian because I never felt like I should be praising Jesus. Like, I never, like, had, like, a personal connection, like, with Jesus. Like, I always loved God. I always, like, knew I had a relationship with God, but I didn't know anything beyond going to church. Like, so, 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 who, what did you view Jesus as? What was... What do you mean missing a connection? Because, I mean, you know, even in Islam, he's a prophet. Yeah. You know, even in Islam, we, we should love and respect and trust him. So what was that disconnect? Um, I just didn't feel like I should be, like, praising and thanking him. Because I'm like, okay, you know, to step on some people's toes, which y'all know don't hate me. You know how you girls like to tussle. <laughs> but, um... Not tough. <laughs> literally. But, you know, I felt like, you know, when you in church, you know, everybody like, oh, praise Jesus. Thank Jesus. And I'm like, okay, if Jesus is the son of God, we all children of God, why he the first, like, why he the special child? You know what I'm saying? That's interesting. You know, but that was, like, my thought process. Like, why is he the chosen one? Like, why are we thanking him? If God is the cause of everything, why thank Jesus? Why not just thank God? Mm. You know, but it was like, okay, but I don't know no better, so I'm going to just sing these songs and <laughs> I'm going to come to church faithfully because I want God to still let me into heaven. But it's like, clearly, they was trying to get me to believe that, like, the only way that I was going to get through heaven was to, to get through Jesus. Mm. And it's like... I don't feel like I got to go through Jesus to get to God. Like, mm -hmm. if I have a relationship with God, why can't I just go to God? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like this is like a corporation where I have to speak with my manager before speaking to the supervisor. <laughs> like, because it's a personal situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, You're making a lot of sense right now. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how I felt. So it was like, okay. for me, it was like, 
why? why? Like, you know, it, it was just a lot of questions that I had and a lot of them, you know, you're never going to, you're not always going to get questions. I mean, you're not always going to get an answer that you like, but it wasn't an answer that was fulfilling for me. Mm. Like, it wasn't something that clicked. Like, you know how when I speak, I try to make analogies that'll make it click for everybody and anybody, like, mm -hmm. so they, they can follow me when I speak. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of times when I wasn't following because I'm still stuck on questioning this first part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you still didn't answer that question. But I'm going to say, okay. But I'm going to because I want to go to hell. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it, it's um, like it's certain things like you might not get a clear answer for. But it's like, if I'm certain on 10, if I'm certain on eight out of 10, why would I not just have faith that the other two is like what I'm supposed to follow? Mm. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm uncertain on five and I'm certain on five, it's like, hmm, mm. weighing the scales, I think I'm going to go with the eight and 10 rather than five and five, you know, so. And stay with us. I know she's getting mathy over here. <laughs> <laughs> but just follow along. Uh, you know, something that I always wondered when it did come to the transition to reverting, because I've been Muslim my whole life. You know, I hadn't known anything but Islam. I didn't go to church. I didn't do Christmas or anything like that. So when you have to now live a completely different life, like, what is that like? Like, everyone is doing one thing. And now everyone's looking at you like the Tupac's like, oh, you a Muslim now. Mm -hmm. Like, your it's family, like how are they doing that with you? Being, being the outcast is has never been like anything that bothered me. I felt like I was always like the Beyonce of the family. Girl, so now I feel like no, truthfully, <laughs> you, you meant Solange because Beyonce ain't the outcast. She no, the incast. No, when I say outcast, I mean like the one who stands out. Like oh, I've like always that. been the one that everybody always like. You know, like. I'm the it girl of the family, like, and what? I would be lying to say that I'm not. So it's but like the humbly. attention, yeah, okay. humbly for sure. The attention has always been there. So now it's just like I gotta come with some facts because mm. this attention is a different type of attention, mm. and it's like this is not just oh where you get this outfit from, where you get your hair done, You're like you did your hair. It's not that type of conversation. It's like a more deep conversation. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's like showing maturity in a lot of different ways because it's like now, whereas I was always like the cute little girl in the family, all you growing up, it's like, oh, you a woman and you making like decisions for real. Because like, that's a life changing decision. Like, how you decide on this? Like, did somebody else get you to do this? Mm -hmm. Is it that boy you talking to? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, Auntie. you get, like, all of these questions and you get, like, all of these things. So it's like, sometimes frustration does come along mm -hmm. and it's like, it makes me want to, like, push away. So sometimes mm -hmm. it does get a little lonely mm -hmm. because it's like, I can't take the questions today. Yeah. I'd rather not. Like, no questions, please. Like, <laughs> you know, but it, at the same time, it's like, who am I to shut these people out from learning? curious. You know what I'm saying? Just like I said, when you don't know, you just don't know. And sometimes people truly do want to know. And it's like, I feel like I would be doing them an injustice to not sell them. But it's like, at the same time, I do still keep up my boundaries. Like, mm -hmm. we're going to do it when I feel like we're both in a good setting. Because I don't ever want it to come off as like, you just asking me stuff and you trying to be funny. Because mm -hmm. then, that, that 180 side of the mm -hmm. other angel... On the other way. Yeah, I'm going to politely tell you to stop playing with me. Because it's not that. <laughs> Like, and I'm not playing about Allah. I'm not playing about Islam. Like, mm -hmm. I get very serious about it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I'm going to be kind with you, but I'm going to just kindly let you know to stop playing with me. I'm still that little girl mm -hmm. that you was talking about. was like, oh, mm -hmm. 
But yeah. now you just different a little bit. Yeah, like, you and, know, and I how, just would prefer to lead with love than to lead with, like, oh, I'm finna get in on you. Like, go in on okay, you. Okay, stop scaring me. <laughs> uh, so, when it comes to, again, because I've been Muslim my whole life, I've always known Surah Al-Fatiha, Asr, you know, I've always known the five prayers. I've always known this. But you're a black woman now in a religion that requires you to speak another language. How did you learn? Girl, practice. YouTube, university. <laughs> <laughs> Reading, index cards, literally. Wow. Like, um, I think it was the last Ramadan when I didn't listen to any music. Like, that's part of, like, one of my fads. Like, I just, I don't listen to any music. I listen to YouTube videos that help me to learn the Al-Fatiha. YouTube videos that help me to learn more about Islam, like, and wrote down the Al-Fatiha, like, wrote it out, like, and even now, like, in my spare time, I have, like, a whole little, like, pencil carton with index cards of, like, soras and stuff like that to learn, like, certain sayings and stuff like that, like, the Tasha hood, like, things that you, like, supposed to know, you know, mm -hmm. and even things that not everybody else does know, like, mm -hmm. but just to try to educate myself, like, I've always been somebody, if I am going to partake in something, I do want to know about it. Like, I don't want to be out here like, yeah, I'm Muslim. Alama alaikum. Like, you know what I'm Girl, saying? Girl, that like, might be No, but seriously, like, you know, you have Muslims that's, that's out here that just, like, studying. wearing it as a T-shirt. Yeah. I never want to wear it as a T-shirt. Yeah. Like, I want it to be, like, within me, like, seriously embedded in me. Like, mm -hmm. I want to please Allah. Like, I'm not doing this for nobody. Like, I'm not out here speaking full Arabic either. Like, I would be lying if I said that I was. Like, mm -hmm. but just the fact that I'm going to try and I'm going to keep on trying to research yes, it. Baby. And I'm, I've never had a problem asking anybody for help. So it's like, if I don't know something, I'm going to ask questions. Like, and mm -hmm. I do. So it's like, that's how I Do you have a spiritual guider? Um... Yeah and no. I kind of just got sisters who I constantly keep in contact with and, like, ask questions. You ain't asked me no questions. Girl, we have talked. <laughs> we have talked. Please. We ain't talk, like, super deep because ours be like a, you know, you know how our conversations are. We be a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I you know you my sister, and I know that for a fact that I can always come talk to you about it. You've plugged me in with other resources. You know what I'm saying? So I utilize my resources in different ways. So... Mm. That's good. You've helped me too. Well, well thank you. <laughs> you know, it's sometimes it's that that barrier between I don't know this and I don't know where to go to learn this. So a lot of people, they think about Islam, they hear about it, they want to know, but they don't have a Quran. They don't know where to get one and they don't ask anybody. Mm -hmm. So they just have it on their mind. I mean, I thought about it. Yeah. I mean, I want to know about it. Yeah. But taking the time out to go and learn, that's a beautiful thing. And most people... If you don't know about Islam, you don't know that it's a part of our religion to learn. Our religion doesn't say, uh, listen to what he said, okay? He's gone. No, no, no. We're supposed to learn about Islam, learn about Christianity, learn about Buddhism, Judaism, because we are supposed to be very well educated. It is an ongoing learning experience because it's our due diligence to know what we're doing, yeah. what we're talking about. The first word of the Quran is read. So it's like if you don't read, how you gonna know? Like how you gonna know? You're not gonna know because you didn't even take the time to read. Mm. And not only just read it just to say, like, oh, I read it, but read it and understand it. Mm. If you don't understand it, take your time, go back, read a few lines several times. 
I have done that because, you know, sometimes certain verbiage and stuff, you be like, okay, well, I think it's saying this, but it might be saying this. So break it down in a way that you that it helps you. And it's different ways of saying it. It's all saying the same thing. But, you know, you get different translations that might have a word or two that's a little different. But it's all saying the same thing. That word means the same thing. This word may be a better um, breakdown for you than this uh-huh. one. So it's like you just have to figure out what works for you. Did you know that um, back in the times of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, when Islam was just given to him, and he was, you know, reverting all those around him, it wasn't, here's the Quran, read it. It was, um, this Muslim was a Muslim first, I taught him, and now he's going to teach you. Mm-hmm. So that everyone who was coming into the religion came with a teacher. He assigned different Muslims to make sure you understood. So if you were reading something, maybe you read it for three weeks straight and you still don't know exactly what it means. Well, now you have a spiritual guide to make sure that you're good. It's not like, all right, go read it. You're going to understand it if you know how to read. Because a lot of times, the different ways that someone interprets something can be the difference between well, actually, it says that you don't have to wear the hijab. Right. Or actually, it says you better wear the right. hijab. Like, you have to make sure that not only did you read it, but do you understand what it's actually saying? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so beautiful that someone is coming with you on your journey. Now, just go. It's, you good? You mm-hmm. straight? Okay, yeah. well, let's, let's break that down because that's not exactly what that's mm-hmm. supposed to say. Right, exactly. And I feel like me and my other half, we do that. Like, you know, like we're best friends. So we talk about everything. Mm. But it's like when it comes to us talking about like Allah, mm. it be like, bro, let me send you what I just saw earlier. Like, bro, I was just reading that word. Like, let me send it to you. Like, you know, it's a constant like back and forth. Mm. And it would be like as if you and your best friend scrolling on Instagram. And it's like, girl, I just saw that. Like, let me send this to you. Mm. Like, look at your DM right now. And it's like, no, but we talk about Allah. Like, we're talking about source. We're talking about the hadiths. Like, we're talking about stuff that, like, people our age ain't talking about. And it's like, we deep in this conversation, but it's like feeding our souls at the same time. And we're learning. Like, and we're teaching each other. Like, that type of relationship, you know? Oftentimes, a lot of people get into relationships because they want to live in a better place and this person has more money or whatever, whatever. But what does it feel like to have a relationship that's centered around spirituality. Natural. Mm-hmm. It feels like word. it's something that's like supposed to happen. Because it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm with this person because they got this. And like, I really don't like him, but he got money. So I'm going to keep on talking to him. Or like, mm-hmm. I really don't like her, but you know, I know she's going to sleep with me. So I'm like, because it's not that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's none of these worldly things. Like, it's literally just like companionship and learning about Allah together, teaching Allah, teaching each other about Allah together. Like, and then he has a, a scholar who he's under. He has an imam who he's following under. So it's like, I feel like I'm a third party. Like, he's learning and he's teaching me. And it's like, you know, it's just, it feels like we're both pouring into each other's cup. Like, I never feel empty in my cup. And, you know, I hope he don't ever feel empty in his <laughs> we cup. Can say you know, <laughs> You know, so it just feels like it's a constant, like, help. For each other. And eternal help, too. Not like yeah. y'all helping me raise a credit score. Right. That's going to be nothing when right. you die. You know? Because I feel like even if things weren't to work out between the two of us, I feel like we would both walk away, like, genuinely happy that we were even able to share a moment together to, like, 
man, we really learned a lot together. We really taught each other a lot. Like, in this moment, this chapter in my life changed my life for the better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how sometimes you leave a relationship and you be like, I hate that person. I never want to see them again. Mm-hmm. I never want to, like, no, it's all my love. Time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like any moment is wasted. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I would ever hate this person. Like, I don't feel like it would ever be that. Because beyond just, relations or, you know, dates or whatever. Like, it's real companionship, like a real fellowship. Like, mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Are you getting emotional? Girl. <laughs> oh, my God, are you getting emotional? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, then. You know, I'm gangster. <laughs> and I love. <laughs> and I love. <laughs> that is so beautiful. So I think you sort of already explained this, but I want you to give a good, bold, genuine statement. Okay. Somebody comes to you. They know nothing about Islam whatsoever. What do you tell them? The number one thing you want them to know about Islam. Hmm. The number one thing I want somebody to know about Islam is that the main thing that you're going to take from it is peace and love. Truthfully. Peace and love is the main thing in Islam. Like, you have to lead with love, and you're going to be in a place of peace because of the fact that you're leading with love. Mm-hmm. Like, as simple as it gets. Like, I feel like that's the main thing. Like, it's hard, but you're going you're gonna to feel so much fulfillment from just giving out love. You know what I'm saying? Like, it takes more to be hateful. It takes more to have an attitude. It takes more to frown your face. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the small things that we don't even pay attention to that take so much more from from our physical, emotional, internal beings. It takes so much. Like, you're going to feel so much lighter just leading with love. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel so much lighter just being patient and not being bothered. Like, your soul is just going to feel like a feather. Like, I feel, me personally, I can only speak from my personal experience, but that's how I share it with people. Like, you're going to just feel like a weight lifted off of you. Like, but you know, to each his own, definitely do your research. Like, because (laughs) you can only hear what I tell you. Like, and if you ask other Muslims, like, you know, they may have something else to tell you. But my personal journey, I feel like, what you're going to take from being a Muslim, what you're going to take from this journey is just feeling fulfilled in all kinds of ways because you don't have people looking at you for, oh, man, she's so fine. Like, okay, yeah, beautiful face. Can't take that away from most of the Muslims. And, you know, mm. it's not about anything outer in Islam, I feel like. Like, because, you know, like, we wear, you can't really tell what's going on with us a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have nothing but to look at somebody and really learn their inside, like learn who they are as a person. And I feel like, huh? <laughs> You're forced to do that. Yeah, and I feel like that's like imperative because I feel like we live in a world where everything is about what it looks like. You go on Instagram and it's like, okay, well, how many followers do this person got? What kind of car do they drive? Where do they live? Like, what is this? What is that? What is that? And it's like, it's, um, it's like, we're a lot more private. We're a lot more conserved. So it's like, you're not really going to be able to look at somebody and tell what type of lifestyle they live because we all got on the same abaya. <laughs> we all got on the same hijab. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yours might got a little sparkle to it. Mine might got a little shimmer. And it's like, okay. And like, yeah. okay, but what does your inside look like? Mm-hmm. Because you can even go, because just like the church, like you can go to the 
to the masjid, and it might be a sister who really got it on from head to toe. And she's not leading with as much love as the next sister mm -hmm. who doesn't have as much. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like... And we're all sitting on the floor. Humbly. We're sitting on the floor. You're on the floor, sis. I don't Them care what you're wearing. thousand dollars shoes they, you walked in yeah, here with. They, 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 they over there. We don't even we know, don't know, even know who they belong to. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like... Now you speaking. It's just, man, it's like... It's a literal internal examination. Like, mm -hmm. so it's like love and, and peace is what you're gonna get from it. Like, because mm -hmm. it's like you're taking the time to really sit down and learn a person. You're taking the time to really sit down and observe a person. Like, if you sit down and look at a lot of the people who are praised on Instagram or like in the world, you'll be like, dang, man, you really don't even like yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you really don't even like who you are when you're by yourself. You really don't have any belief. You really don't know what your purpose is. If Instagram got deleted today, right now, right at this moment, where would you be? Why you done you don't took this question and went all the way deep. But you see, like that's girl, girl I'm telling you, that's you been my conversation soul all day. right now. That's been my <laughs> my that's my conversation every day with a client, just about. Like, every day, because it's a serious question. And I really want people to think about that. Like, if everything that would, that you use, every platform that you use to showcase a certain lifestyle was taken away from you, what would you be left with? Where's your soul? Oh, girl, on that note, um, I want to lead us in a prayer. Um, we're going to do a duwa for all those, you know, maybe this is the first episode you watched. Al-Fatiha <laughs> is a surah. Surah is like a combination of verses. Um, in our Quran, it is the first surah that is in the Quran. It's called the opening. And we lead with it every time we pray. And even when you are sitting with someone else, when you want your prayers to be amplified, you pray with other people. It's power in praying with someone. We always believe it's better when you pray with people versus praying on your own. So... I know you probably need some some help right now. I know I always do, so feel free to pray with us. Um, would you indulge me? Of course. Oh, thank you, sister. <laughs> Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Rahmanirrahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. Iyakin abudu wa iyakin astayin. Ittina sirat al-mustakim. Sirat al-ladhina inamta alayhim Gairi al-maqdubi alayhim walir dhalim Ameen I really hope that you feel encouraged to continue down the path that you're on if it's the right path and if you know in your heart that it's not I hope you feel encouraged to make that detour Get on the right path. It's the people you're around. Get with the right people. Because just like it says in Al-Fatiha, we're asking him to put us on something that's going to lead towards him. Put us around things that are going to lead us towards him. And we know you don't have to be perfect. If you haven't prayed in a year, 16 years, it's okay. If you just drink, if you it's okay. The best thing for you is to try. The best Muslim is not the perfect Muslim, it's the striving Muslim. So you keep striving. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. That's my boo, y'all. Um, come again, okay? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.